0: All right, we're recording? Yes, sir. Uh welcome everyone to the Rink Rat Report Podcast. Um you know
1: <laughs> Sound more excited.
0: Uh, like again. <laughs> seventeen twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, twenty twenty, and now twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. Uh the Leafs fall to the Tampa Bay Lightning two one. Little bit um little bit of a debate in this game in terms of uh some Calls that happen, but as always, joined by Josh and Jason. How's it going?
1: What's up, guys? How are we, how, f- listeners, fans? How are we feeling today? Not, not great. Not
2: great. <laughs> not great.
0: Not good at all. Um, Nick Paul, the supposed Leaf killer in this one. I thought he was having a great series before this game. I was kind of surprised to see that those were his first two goals of the series, but he's uh, he's a pretty damn good player. I gotta say, like just big skates can get to a decently high speed. He's able to drive off the like drive off of the rush. But then again, you also have to respect the fact that he can ship it in and win puck battles on you. Like good acquisition there by uh, the Tampa Bay lightning. I'm very curious to see what he gets in free agency.
1: Yeah. That's interesting. Um, yeah. I didn't expect to start with Nick Paul today, but considering he scored the second goal and looked right into my soul after. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that the cell, it was it respects because you, you, hey, there's not a lot of opportunities where you can score a goal like that in that moment. So good for him for celebrating in your hometown. I was uh, ready to jump through the glass there because that was frustrating. But yeah, it was I thought that was a really well contested hockey game. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's what game sevens look like, right? Probably not that many high danger chances. Back and forth hockey and you got to grind it out and. I thought the Leafs really, really worked hard. I thought they played really, really well too. Like maybe may people disagree. I thought they were the better team in Game Seven. There were spurts where Tampa was better, but overall, yeah. I thought the Leafs—they were better. I mean, their top line was like all over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the numbers are back in
2: it. I mean, you just couldn't score. They actually did score once, but it's tough. Should it's be really tough. should have been twice. So, yeah, it, it was <laughs> it's almost like, like not expected but like man, we didn't see that Va- like the the scary Vasilevsky. like we saw Vasilevsky play do- mm. well down stretches. Sorry, I can't put words together. It's a little early but um we saw Vasilevsky play well in stretches and games. He never played like a full game um, amazingly. Yep. We got minimum 3 goals against him every single game but this game we just couldn't do it. it yeah, that, that, that's
0: honestly. 100% a fantastic point from game 1 just stretches as we mentioned mm. in game 6. Let in a couple stinkers, but then there were stretches where he was very, very good. After the third goal, there was a stretch where he was very, very good. In this one, I was very concerned from the beginning because there were certain things in earlier games where he was kind of overreacting to the puck. Uh, Like Pucks weren't cleanly going in on him. There was a couple tip goals that the Leafs got, so that kind of gets you off your game there. But in this one, he just looked dialed in. There was maybe a couple rebounds he should have caught there but he looked dialed in he was very steady to say the least and he stood tall for the Tampa Bay Lightning there like that was that was a very good game from Andre Vasilevsky. um in terms of our goaltender Jack Campbell I thought he was pretty good as well
2: those two goals I don't fault him at all I agree yeah the, we were talking about it right before we got on here uh, the first goal was not people might like are, are Somewhat complaining about the rebound on that goal, but it's not his fault. How, how, what is he supposed to do? How
0: are you? You can't control rebounds exactly. on shots that are tipped in by it's, your own team,
2: especially when he's going the other way and it gets tipped in in another direction, right? Yeah, like it, was, was, a, it was a pretty substantial way, tip. And, yeah, so,
0: so then Nick Paul is just there on the on the rebound. The other mm-hmm. one, I mean, Muzzin and Kalorn get tied up. Nick uh, Kalorn grabs Muzzin's stick. I would really like to mention that that Kalorn fully had control of Muzzin's stick, but Whatever. Nick Paul picks up the loose puck. He drives in on TJ Brody. Maybe not the best gap control from Brody. I don't know what you guys think on that one. And uh, skate to stick, back of the net.
1: And then... It was tough because the play kind of... You know, it was a weird play on the wall. Yeah. I think, again, penalty? Maybe. I don't know. depends who looks at it. It It was like a half interference, half hold on Muzzin. And then Brody had to, you know, surf over to the other side of the ice. I agree, though. I thought... He let Nick Paul way too easily get into a high danger area there. And, you know, it was a good place, uh, skate to stick by Nick Paul, but man, can't let him get there. Yeah, no. You just can't. And that's, that's it's hard to fault a guy like TJ Brody because he's just been so solid for 150 games for the Leafs now. Like, but that was a tough one.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, in terms of...
1: I don't know why I'm drawing a I mean, we're camera. avoiding, obviously, the refereeing, but that's, like, a big story <laughs> for a lot of people. I think we all have different yeah. takes on it, but... So, yeah, well, well, I mean... Yeah, okay. In terms
0: of... Let's get into the Leafs' goal. Like, okay, yeah. the Leafs did score... Which, the one so, that counted or didn't? <laughs> let's get to the one that counted first. Like, you tie it up, and then to give up that play to Nick Paul where they get that second goal, like... It was pretty quick after as well. I don't know the exact amount of time that it took, but... The Leafs goal was very nice as well. I mean, was it Matthews? It was was it Matthews to Marner into no, the middle? Marner, Marner to, to Matthews, 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 Matthews to Riley. Great like, shot, great shot by Riley. It's in the back of the net. Like, I mean, we needed a goal from Matthews Marner. Like, I don't think any of the either of those guys have had points in elimination games, game sevens, in their career. And you did get it, and you did, got some solid play from them as well. Like that was that was a beautiful goal, and I thought. The Leafs were going to take off from there, but
1: God had other plans. Yeah, and even after that goal, the stadium was loud. Mm-hmm. The momentum was with the Leafs. They had a couple of really good sustained shifts after that as well. And bang. Not even fall. five minutes later. Yeah. Not
0: even five minutes later. I
1: think, okay, like a lot of people are yelling shoot, 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 which is obviously annoying because, like, it's normally stupid. But I thought the Leafs defenseman passed up a lot of pretty good. Shot opportunities for lower percentage plays in that game specifically. Yeah. Not every time, like they passed w- it out of the center of the exactly. ice. Exactly, they had yeah, the puck in the mean. center of the ice, and they had. I, I, I don't I, want to say. I want perfect. to say Justin Hole did that. A yes, couple he did. Times. But again, like the problem, the problem is the Leafs have one defenseman who like effectively can be deceptive on the blue line and get into a shooting lane right now because mm-hmm. Timothy Lilligren and Rasmus Sandin are playing. So Giordano, Giordano? would too. Sorry, two. Yeah, there you Riley go. and Giordano. Um, but again. The rest of the guys don't really have like Labushkin is
2: god is, awful. He can't
1: do anything along the blue line. <laughs> he just can't. But um, I think that that's kind of a bit of a, a game changer too for them because of how much they like that high cycle. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm surprised they didn't put more pucks on net from from the point from the middle of the ice. But
0: that's how you got your offense going in Game Five and Six. Yeah, like that was kind of surprising that they didn't get that early. Like when you think about the first periods of game five and six, like what did I say or last episode? I said, how did you get it going? Just pucks on net. You got a tip. You got the offense, like you got the flow and the momentum from there. But yeah, obviously I think Tampa Bay also credit to them. You can't just say, Oh, well, the Leafs didn't well, Tampa Bay clogged up the middle of the ice. Very, very well. They blocked a ton of pucks Oh as, yeah. on top of that. So we're like, obviously worth noting there as well. Like, there was a few things like this this game seven just bothered me. Bothered me, bothered me. Because when they played Montreal, like you could tell from the start, from the puck touches and everything, like this team was nervous. Mitch Marner was insanely nervous and in his own head. Austin Matthews as well. Like it took a while for them to kind of get going, and even then it was it was too late and like just like gripping the stick a little bit too tight. That was the Montreal series. This series. This game seven. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. They came out flying. Mitch Marner was throwing the body. Austin Matthews was going out of his way to throw the body. Jason Spezza looked like a man on a mission to go out there and throw the body. On top of that, like the puck touches looked good. The cycles looked good. The momentum was on their side. Like For a while, the shots were only one, to one Nothing for the Leafs. But I was telling people, I was saying, hey, like we've got a lot of good puck touches. We're on home ice. Like, this is looking really, really good. And then the final outcome was not really good. Yeah.
2: Oh, uh, that was crazy, though, because in the first couple of minutes in the first period, we only had one shot. But, yeah. oh, my God, how many shots did we miss the net there? Like, our course, he must have been like eight, nine. We must have we had like eight shot yeah. attempts that just simply went wide. Yep. It was tough. Not like yeah.
1: yeah. And, again, I think that's a great point, Joe, because a lot of people, oh, it's the Leafs game seven. They're going to put out a stinker. That was not a stinker. It was not a stinker. At all. Stinker. That's they came out hot, and they pretty much sustained good pressure most of the game. They in had my it. opinion, that's their best game seven they yeah, had. Yeah, well, it just sucks they haven't won any. I know. <laughs> but, um, like, I thought they had really good, like, shift. They were able to – I don't know how to say this properly. They were able to stack shifts on each other, I want to say. Yep. Or they'd have the, the first line would up, come shift. out. Then Tavares line would come out and have a good shift. Camp would come out. Cycle. They didn't get that many shots. They'd cycle the puck really well. And the crowd gets into it, right? Mm-hmm. I just couldn't put a bass Vasilevsky. That's the that's the thing. Again, you can play as well as well as the Leafs did. But I in my opinion, Andre Vasilevsky basically stole that game for Tampa Bay. He yeah. wasn't remarkable, but he did what he's he done. Good enough. For yeah. this guy's the most clutch goalie of all time. If you
0: also watch that play, I think it was in the first period. There was a, a pass across that came and then the shot and it hit like the outside of the post. Uh, like Vasilevsky beat that pass, like beat him to that one-time pass by, like, a lot. I know. Like, that was just not going in. Um, and then on top of that, there was... Oh, the one... The situation where it was 1-0 to zero in shots, Mitch Marner hit the outside of the post. Yeah. Like, to be fair, though, Tampa Bay, like, at least did get lucky as well. Like, Tampa Bay did hit the post, I think it was in the second period, uh, off a mad scramble there. Mm-hmm. But just, like... It, this, this sucks. Like, there's no other way to put it. This it sucks. sucks. And it, it's, I feel like it's, like, worse than past years because, it's like, you're, in past years, you were able to say, okay, like, get rid of this. This guy played awful in this series. This guy played awful in this game. Like, who tonight Do you, would you, like, point out and say that guy did not play well?
2: I,
1: I got a couple guys. But
2: but but it, I, I understand what you're saying in the sense that, like, our big guns came out.
1: I agree. There's no and, scapegoat. How are you, like, last year... Mostly Marner, a bit Matthews. I got the stats in front of me. The top three expected goals players for the Leafs, Bunting, Matthews, Marner. Of course. Top two point scorers for the Leafs, Matthews, Marner. But who who when, connected for the only goal in game yeah. seven, right? But I, when you
0: look at, like, last year we said, okay, throw expected goals out the window because it's a smaller sample size. What were the actual goals? They still won that battle at five on five.
1: 100%. Those guys played great. All, I don't know how you would have any complaint about Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner in this series. To me, in Game 7, I don't think there was a player on the ice that wanted to win more than Mitch Martin wanted to win that game. It was yeah. crazy. He, he was so determined. His his transition play, that was probably the best I've seen him transition the puck in the yeah. in the playoffs through the neutral zone. Like He was incredible. The numbers back it up. He, had, and he drew that penalty on He drew two Platt. penalties. Oh, yeah. I don't know how many penalties he's drawn in this series. It might be close to 10. I'm not kidding. Look it up. I will. Like, 7 to 10. It's been unreal. But... Again, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's on the ice. 22 shot attempts, 4-3 against. They basically didn't even get and a puck on And they scored on, on, the,
2: on the one, the, one of the three attempts. So I think it was the Nick Paul. One yeah, of the, or, Yeah. yeah exa- exactly. Score. That's that's sometimes the way the cookie crumbles, though, right? Yeah.
0: But, Giordano goes one way, puts it on net. A little bit of a tip, so it kind of flustered Andre Vasilevsky. Goes back the other way. Geo's back on defense. And, like, just a shitty tip play. And, yeah, here we are. But Mitch Marner drew four penalties in seven games. No way. At five on
1: five, let's check. But all he, also, he
2: also had to, had to draw three for every one called. He drew three. He, I thought
1: he drew three in game, uh, in game six. Oh, he or drew game seven. seven. Seven total. Seven.
0: Okay, thank wow. You. At all strengths, the next highest is Blackwell at two. Which I mean, when you look at per minute basis, two two penalties drawn in fifty minutes played at total time. But wait,
1: how has anyone else drawn more than one? Uh no, there's a few. So Blackwell two,
0: Kasha two, Matthews two, McKayev two, Labushkin two, Brody two,
2: and then a That's bunch it. of people at one. Seven is actually a crazy amount. Seven in seven games, it's crazy. Right? Um, it's it's also funny because it feels like I don't know. This is like kind of off topic, but it feels like you couldn't he couldn't buy a penalty sometimes in the in the regular season. Yeah. Right? So we, anyways. But uh, so and like,
1: then even. Going further, I thought William Nylander stepped up great the last three games. I know he didn't oh, score yeah. in this game. Maybe not as good as...
0: Nylander the, and Tavares. And they t- both that's played what well, I was get yeah. To. John
1: Tavares, I mean, he absolutely answered critics. We yeah. dogged on I mean, him for the first uh, well, four games. We, but we as a representation of basically everyone we're talking to. Yeah. Like, that was the number one talking point, essentially.
0: Well, it wasn't like, oh... As you said, he wasn't getting chances. He was a ghost out there for the first four games. And then what happened? Game... Game five, four, but game four he started to get it going. Yes, He got yes. his ber- sure. he got Great on goal. the scoreboard. Yeah. Game five he started to get it going. Game six he played well. In game seven he, he he played well on top of that. Um, just real quick on that, John Tavares no goal
1: was should that have counted? What do you mean real quick? Like come on, this is not a real quick yeah. question, right? I, I think that should have counted. So this. so break it down. So.
0: To, start the play, to get the play going, Matthews puts a puck on net, tipped, goes wide. He's able to recover the puck, and he starts off the cycle. Bunting gets a good cycle down, like maintains possession down low, looked really nice, gets it to the point. Hole puts it back down low. Taveras made a couple really good stops and starts, like we've seen Sidney Crosby do so many times, and like what we saw him do on the, his assist to Morgan Riley a couple games ago. And then he's able to curl out, cut to the middle, Puts a nice shot on net over Vasilevsky's blocker in the back of the net. But Justin Hole kind of throws a pick on Anthony Sorelli, and they call it
1: no-goal interference on Justin Hole. couple things for me there. One, I think even in the regular season, no matter what people say, oh, that's interference, he blocked him. That's like a 50-50 penalty on a Tuesday night against Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, more if that, I don't know. It
2: was hard for us. To, how quick did the ref put his hand up for he that? He didn't. didn't. I, I just watched. Right. I don't know if the back ref did. Did only, he just call no goal? The person who put their hand up yeah. was Steven Stamkos, and he started going like this, and then the refs came together and called it no well, goal. No,
1: no, The refs did call it. Did the refs call no goal yes. right away? Yes. So the refs called no goal right away. Yeah. But again, if it's a penalty, like Jason said,
2: you put your hand up. Yeah. Yeah, they like, didn't.
1: And they didn't. And I, I just... That's a real ballsy penalty to call in a Game <laughs> 7. And... Again, overall, the worst part of the refereeing was the inconsistency. Yeah. Game yeah. to game. It was like they started where it was, oh, this is not like playoff reffing at all. And yeah. then they got really stingy the last two games, and they called that. Like that was the call. To call back a goal? Yeah. To call back a goal, that's crazy to me. And the, the worst part is you can tell me I'm wrong. Everyone in the comments reply. I don't think Justin Hall even needed to, to touch Sorelli for no, Tavares to score that goal. Tavares had worked him to a point where he was already getting, gaining the middle of the ice, and he was going to have that shot regardless. Yeah, and, and Hall, you know, I guess you could say it's a risky play by Justin Hall, too, to do that. Yeah, it's uh, a weird one. I don't know what... I don't know. Like, what was he doing there? I mean, it's like it's like a smart play if you can do it and not get called, obviously. Yeah. but. I think Sorelli sold it a bit too. Yeah, he's, he a he's one of the smartest guys on the ice, like he knows what he's doing. But how, like, it's, it's I don't just, even
0: know if Sorelli sold it because Justin Hole fell down. Yeah, yeah. I think Justin Hole tried to sell it, but like on that play you can't go like direct contact straight into his chest. You kinda gotta like brush yeah, gotta him brush. off the shoulder. So then it like, it stops his stride a little you bit. You know what it's like?
1: You know when two receivers are running the little pick play yeah. in football? It's the same thing. Like If you run right through the defend, defender, it's going to be offensive pass interference. If you like, oh, whoops, sorry, didn't see you there, Yeah, then it's not. And that's all Hall needed to do, just kind of jump out of the way. Yeah. But, again, I don't think it was a penalty. And it sucks because that calls back a goal in Game 7. That is insane. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Only to the Leafs, too. It's like uh, you can't even believe it.
0: Yep. Just I don't know, like this wouldn't be all so frustrating if like this was if this was a Randy Carlisle Leafs team that we saw in the past where it's like, okay, they're not actually that good. They kind of got they weren't the better team in the series. They're not that good of a team. They don't have as good of a core players, but every single year, the Leafs just bring it to another level of oh this is this is the year they're actually a good team. They're deep, they have the top talent, their goaltender looks good. And like, they just bring you so close, and then just uh, yet again, they bring you closer and closer and closer to a point of we're here, we're going to get over the hump, and then they just drop you off.
1: Yeah, you cannot. I don't know what to say to that. Yeah, You're right. and It absolutely sucks, but we're going to yeah. have a bit more of a post-mortem yeah. on the future of the yeah. Leafs later. But I will say quickly, it is – Interesting to see the the difference, like you said, Game 7, how they played this year to last year, and also the reaction from people. Most of the articles I see from people are like, why the Leafs should run it back with the same core, because they're really good. Which is interesting, because last year we saw actually less of that. Yep. And even though it's another year of losing in Game 7, most people are like, I'm seeing a lot of, and we'll get into it later, I'm seeing a lot of people
0: saying, like, William Nylander's the odd man out, which is funny, because last year it was Mitch Marner, so... Yeah, It'll be an interesting off season. I currently have zero answers as to what they're going to do. Hopefully, bring Giordano back. That's number. That's b- a
1: no-brainer. I mean, I don't. <laughs> he'd probably come back on a much more cushiony salary. I know, too.
0: I know where he skates all. Yeah, yeah. I'll have
1: a word with him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I think. I don't think it would take much convincing on a salary that makes sense for both sides to have him back. Mm-hmm. But, I know, um, but yeah, yeah. I think. Well, I think
0: if he comes back, I mean, I can offer him free balls at Vic Hadfield's.
1: Yeah, that's solid for the rest of his life. It's not, it's not cheap to go hit work on your game. It's not, it's not cheap to golf. It's not cheap, no. cheap to do anything. It's Not cheap um, to drive. No, it's not. <laughs> but I do want to say, like, for example, you know, sometimes p- players are like extra complimentary after they beat a team, especially in a tough series. But like, even what Tampa was saying, like, Stamkos essentially said, "This is one of the toughest series we've ever played."
0: It went right down to the wire. Like, think about it. Like last year, like the Islanders series was as close as it got for t- the Tampa Bay Lightning, and like that was a one zero. Same it down. as that It
1: was the exact same as this. It's, and the Islanders. I, I think the Leafs the the had more also can't
0: can't score. Like the Leafs scored one, and then got one taken back. Like it doesn't
1: get much closer than that. It's actually like what stampco said. Now that I read it, is actually like crushing for a Leafs fan because it's like. What he said exactly is, it's a great hockey team, no doubt. They've got all the pieces. It's just not easy at this time of the year. That's one of the toughest series we've ever played. They have everything. It's just, we have everything too. And we believe in this group. Like, it's true. Like The, the Leafs have everything. They just happen to run into maybe the only other team in the East that also has everything. Maybe you say Florida does, but Florida doesn't have that experience that Tampa has. No. Like... It sucks. It absolutely sucks. And then What's the worst, be? the worst part. Sorry to interrupt. No. The worst part is you get home from watching that game and you put on Edmonton playing. No offense, maybe a bottom ten talent team in the LA Kings. Yeah, and,
2: and they have playing. especially without Drew Doughty, no
0: two nothing game no. seven where they never. No Drew even got Doughty. All those injuries. No Drew Doughty. Was no Victor Arvidsons. Arvidsson playing yeah. in
1: that one? Like their defense core was like a mishmash of former like Vancouver Canucks and former AHLers and Sean Dersey, like. They didn't even make any trades at the deadline because it was like, oh, we're not
2: there yet. We might, not, we might not even make the playoffs. Actually, you know what?
1: Yeah. Funny enough, the guy they did trade for was Troy Stetcher, and he like scored
2: their biggest goal of the
1: series. Yeah. Oh, it was Troy hilarious. Stetcher, but he was like, what, for a sixth? Seventh. A seventh? A seventh. seventh? There we
0: go. But that's just fine. And no, he I was like, their seventh defense yeah, night, yeah, too. But before we get into anything else, I want to talk about our friends over at Manscaped. Gentlemen, Father's Day is just around the corner, and our friends at Manscaped are here to ensure all the father figures out there are looking daddy material this June. Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0, which includes their signature Lawnmower 4.0, is the perfect bundle to tackle any and all old man hair from head to toe. This right here is no dad joke. Treat him and yourself and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With this exclusive offer, get 20% off and free shipping with the code RINKRAT. That is R-I-N-K-R-A-T at Manscaped.com. Trust me, his dad bod will thank you. And I don't want Jason to talk any more on that because last episode got weird. I also got the, um, the chapstick here with me, the lip balm. This stuff is awesome. I, I'm going to need this. All day today. Uh, I mean, just take a look at the Pops' ears. Like, is there some weird hair growing out of there? You know, maybe he might benefit from uh, the nose trimmer, the
1: nose and ears ears trimmer,
0: right? Yeah. Any normal thoughts on that?
1: Nope. Uh, Moving, (laughs) like, shout out Manscaped, though. They're all, like, kind of wild. The wide variety of stuff they have now. It's pretty cool. Um, Who do you think was, (laughs) as Joey applies the... The lip balm. Um. Who do you think maybe disappointed this series game seven?
0: Disappointed. Ooh, I mean,
2: I, I it's hard to pick out, and obviously because our top six, our top, our big big guys, big guns played well. It's going to be your almost nitpicking guys who played ten minutes a night.
1: I, I think there's guys
2: who played more than ten. Yeah, but I I thought Alexander Kerfoot, for one, didn't have the the best series. No, or, he didn't. The, be, the best last three games, I think, there was one one thing that came to mind right now is they had a great opportunity to shoot it. He was literally in the slot, oh, and he slid so, it across yeah. to William Nylander, who was on his backhand. It's like... And
1: Nylander was like far... He, he was was hustling back, to yeah, get like, into
2: the play. And it's like, you got to have some I awareness that the, the guy that, you're yeah. sliding the puck to is on his backhand. And I, like, you have a way, way better... A much better opportunity to shoot that puck there and get a okay, chance. I
0: realize, we realize you don't have the greatest shot, but like put it on net for a rebound. Exactly, because like,
2: because if you again, like we said it last, like that's also how he scored a bit this year is that he started shooting more. Right? Yeah. If you if you're constantly a pass first guy, the goalie's not the, the goalie's going to be all right. You're going to pass it, and and it's it's easier. Yeah. It, you, you can touch on this. It's easier to make a save if you know a player and you know he's always pass first. Yeah,
0: kind of not to the extent not, of the NHL, but yeah, yeah when you when you know the reads on him right like the Ooh. fake doesn't quite work as well but i mean we saw alex kerfoot work on some things in his game that like coming into this year he was he looked a lot better than what we saw in past years so maybe that's the next step for him is uh maybe you maybe but i think maybe maybe it's with a different team I think but i don't know
1: for for the leafs mix maybe in the future they want someone with a little more finishing touch mm-hmm. to yeah. round out their top six again the good part about Kerfoot is they've asked him to do a lot of things, and he's been able to. Yeah, good utility guy. Exactly. Again, he's our, he's basically our sixth man. He subs yeah. in everywhere. But game six and seven, when he was consistently playing top six, top nine minutes, he had a lot of chances to score. And even in game six, like me and you kind of disagreed. You yeah. thought he, I I thought he didn't play good. Like you said, he did have chances though. Mm-hmm. But the problem is in those scenarios, like finish. We gotta, we gotta finish, finish them. Yeah. We gotta finish them. And. I think he fell flat. I think too many plays in game seven died on a stick in the corners. I think he did a, a poor job of cycling with the rest of those guys. But the other guy is Justin Hall. Like, I know it's easy pickings, but I, maybe I just watch a different game than everyone else. So,
0: Yeah, he had um, – I thought his game seven wasn't as strong as six and five. but he,
1: I, I, I don't know if someone wants to do this, is take every retrieval and breakout pass from Justin Hall and put it on video. It's not going to look good, I, I, I unless again I mean, we got time now. <laughs> unless I'm, I could be a hundred percent wrong. I hope someone goes on and proves me wrong. I'm sure his evolving wild chart and his expected goals were fine, but mm-hmm. someone do that. Look at all the the outlet passes, the retrieval races, the you know dump in recoveries, and then you know breakout passes. It's it's yeah. ugly.
0: It's I think rude. also the like he does defend. When the when guys when the opponent has the puck in the zone, I think he defends it and keeps him to the outside. Does a pretty good job of that. He like, does.
1: I just wish he was more physical too.
0: Yeah, there's that issue. I mean, like I think
1: him and Labushkin are very similar builds yeah. in terms of like their strengths and weaknesses. I think Paul yeah. is better like offensively, yeah. and I think Labushkin's more physical. But again, like those are I don't know. It, just. Again, it sucks. You got good young players; you, they don't use them, but and that's mean. not the reason they lost the series. So it doesn't matter. But again, this is nitpicky. Like Justin Hall's your seventh, sixth slash seventh defenseman. Alex Kerfoot's like your seventh, eighth best forward. But I, I, like, I want to like we talk about analytics a lot. There's sometimes where analysts can get it wrong. I think a guy that I don't want to bag on not him get
0: it wrong. I think that people are looking at it incorrectly. Yeah, and they yeah. don't it doesn't have the whole picture. They don't yeah, have sorry. the information that agreed. Well would said. actually paint like like that fits what they're talking about and they're right. just picking a number and saying oh look
1: at this like like okay. one of the, one of those guys to me was Andre Kasha again i feel like he was injured going into the series so it's almost unfair mm-hmm. but you know he had the reason his analytical you know charts and numbers look so good is those are based off shot generation which we know mm-hmm. That guy just fires pucks when he gets them, which can be good. It, it worked a lot in the regular season when he was on a defensive line. that didn't get that many chances just to get pucks on that. Yeah. But then we kind of saw, like, a more effective version of that with McKay and Engvall on that line.
0: Because they were more efficient with the puck, exactly. better transporting it. Exactly.
1: And then, like, I, I – again, he had 17 shot attempts. Like, that was more than Kerfoot. That yeah. was more than Tavares. He, he had three points. He had three assists. But there was just not that much sustained mm-hmm. – generation from him i I would have preferred uh, this is gonna sound crazy maybe you just throw simmons in there for him game seven for some energy because i thought it was tough to see someone run your goalie and no one did anything that was really frustrating oh yeah and again i'm not saying to get i don't think simmons or clifford are the right guy either for it but i just think still the bottom six is like a little can be a little too easy to play against sometimes like they're good in terms of, you know, getting their sticks in the way, like, long players like Mikheyev, Engval and camp, But, like, it's not a physical line, obviously. No. I think no. maybe they are missing that mix in their bottom six. I think that's something they'll address because even Engval like, he had a good series. But it, it was hard for him to generate offense mm-hmm. in the last two games. He was really good at transporting the puck again. Mm-hmm. It, it was, I thought it was hard for him to get. Even McKayev, Like, Mikheyev had chances, but no goals for him in the whole series other than yeah. two empty netters. You can't count
2: those, though. Yeah.
0: But, yeah. How many points does Mikheyev have total? This is just – why can't I find him here? Uh, oh, four points total. So, decent. He, he had a fantastic – I was going back and looking at plays I clipped. He had a fantastic chance in overtime in game six, and Vasilevsky made a huge glove save on him. Back
1: to the finishing thing.
0: Back to the finishing thing. I mean,
1: but that's a guy that also had 20 goals in I know it's less crazy. than a full cool. season. Yeah, uh, he games. also – it, it didn't come off that way maybe on the broadcast, but from our angle. I think it was McKay. I'm not it might have been bunting though. There was a short side chance in the third period. It was very close to going in. It was McKay. It was off of
0: the He came off of the rush. So yes. that was another play I, I really you I want to break down more because of just the intricacies of it. Like McKayev comes in off the wing, like kind of has the defenseman beat there. Vasilevsky's playing it well, and then McCave puts it short side and like the save is made. If Vasilevsky makes one false move, one slight, slight, slight false false move, move, because it looks like McCabe's driving, he's going to put it to his backhand, which in that case, Vasilevsky's still going to beat you there because he's a monster, but if Vasilevsky leaves the post even a little bit there, like he was overreacting to the puck earlier in the year, in, in the series, like quite a few times. If he overreacts in that scenario, the puck's in the back of the net. I thought it was a fantastic try, attempt, by Ilya Mikheyev, I thought he had a pretty damn good Game Seven. Yeah. Provided some good energy. He
1: he was good transitioning the puck as well. Yeah, yeah.
0: I will. But, I don't know you, if he's that, back. But I'll I'll miss that him.
1: puck was close. It was, it was close. very close. It was, it was close. A close. Fantastic chance. It was close. Um, it was another
0: great save by Vasilevsky. But yeah, uh, the
1: one thing I thought mid game, uh, Sheldon Keefe again. He some things I would have changed.
0: Why did he start Nylander on the third line again? <laughs> I don't just know. to switch it two shifts in. It's just That's seems,
1: three games in a row. Yeah, I don't I don't get that either. I also, like... Matthews and Marner did play a lot when you look at it, but there were just some odd shifts where it's like the fourth line was staying out there a little too much. Um, too many shifts, I thought. Yeah. Tavares' line started in the defensive zone, which I didn't get either. And I would have moved Spets up to the second line like halfway through the second period. Yeah, I they thought, were giving him some looks, but not enough. But not enough, in my opinion. He only played five minutes of five on five, and yeah. I thought they were Eight really... Minutes total. Well, in those... Yeah. And in those minutes I thought he played really well. So Yeah. 25. And that might be the last game for Spets as a leaf, which is kind of sad.
0: Might be the last game for more than a few guys.
1: Which we'll talk about next episode. But I, like the yeah. other one is Jack Campbell, obviously. Like I he know plays, I just, yeah. he I thought he played really well all series. Yeah. Like maybe the save percentage numbers didn't reflect
0: it. No, because when you give up five goals in right. half a game Neither did Vasilevsky's, right? Yeah, no. So, so I, I, I hate when people reference the save percentage in such a small sample size. Like I remember one series we were going it was Frederick Anderson and people were talking about how well he had played all series and then obviously he puts up a stinker in game seven because it's Fred. But and then after that people are like, We got eight ninety nine save percentage goaltending all series. What? (laughs) I'm sorry, what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my
1: God. All right. Now you're making you it's tough to remember all those all those losses, but yeah, I think Jack. I think Jack Campbell will probably be back. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: That'll be interesting. I think there's going to be some goaltending movement. I, I, I think Washington's going to be looking for a goaltender.
1: Would you like a slightly used Peter <laughs>
0: Um On top of Vince that, I out. think like the Wild are obviously going to be looking oh. for a goaltender. What's Mark Andre Fleury going to be doing in the future? Can I get your are, Is Seattle going to
1: bring back both of those goaltenders Ooh. there? Um, Joe, I want your opinion on that Minnesota goaltending situation.
0: I didn't love it. I mean, you got some... I think it was an overreaction because you did get some solid play from both of those guys. They finished the year like 9-15, right? Obviously, Cam Talbot's going to be your starter going into the first round. Like, just hindsight now, spending a second for a marginal upgrade and then not playing that guy in Game 7 is bonkers. I don't know what who made that decision. That's a little weird. It doesn't feel like the goalie coach was consulted enough here. Or if he was, I'd love to speak with him because that's kind of weird. But like going from from flurry to from Kakkenan to Flurry, well actually like Talbot to Flurry because that's Mm -hmm. what your starter was, and giving up a second like that, like it's such a dice. Unless you have a clear, clear, clear cut issue in net. Like if, if Campbell was out for the year and Mrazek continued to stunk stink like for a good amount of time up until the deadline, you know Campbell wasn't coming back, that's then, when, no, yeah. okay, you, you need someone else, some other warm body. But Minnesota didn't really have that issue, and now it's like, I don't know, they tried to make just that extra push because they know next year
2: they, they have some issues. Yeah, and, and my problem with that trade, too, is that you're trading for Marc-Andre Fleury, who's a UFA. Next year, Kalkanen's an RFA. Right? Yeah, yeah, they had control. Yeah, that's a big thing had, as well. They had full control over him. You moved on from a guy who could potentially end up being your I, starter in the future with Cam Talbot on one year after this. And so. Talbot, I think his, his wife posted something like goodbye, yeah. Minnesota, after the game. Well, I, I mean, they can't be happy. No, they, you, I don't You think have so. to feel slighted if, if hey, like, you're like not Home
1: gonna, is wherever you are. It was something weird. I don't know. It wasn't goodbye, Minnesota. I just heard L.A. Friedman talking about it. Yeah, it's it just— yeah. But it's it was weird. It's not because, a normal post. Yeah, it was not like, yeah, can't wait to run it back with the with Billy Garen and the boys.
2: I mean, how, but also, how can you not feel slighted though, right? You, play, yeah. you you played, I think you played all seven games last year for the Wild in the playoffs, maybe not. Um, but no, he did. They, he did. They went back and forth, but in this series, it's like you you roll marc Andre Fleury for six games. I, I can't imagine how you feel being thrown under the bus in Game Seven when you're cold. Like that cannot be a pretty situation to go into. Uh, I know you as an NHL goalie, you always have to be ready, but like. That's not yeah. the easiest thing going in uh, game no. seven. Like, come on! Like, but yeah, I don't know.
0: It was funny. Someone on Twitter, a wild fan, was comparing Staylock to Flurry just because, like, stylistically, they're both smaller goaltenders. They challenge heavily. Like, feel like some people don't re- like just the wildness of of Mark Andre Flurry and yeah, his like
1: very unique style.
0: Yeah, not, not one you. Teach. And it's not yeah if you if you don't have the passing lanes clogged up, it can get ugly for
1: him. Right. Which we've seen happen in the playoffs before.
0: Like, yeah, if if Mark Andre Fleury was on the Leafs like during that tough, tough stretch where they were not defending in front of their net very well, like it would have been a disaster as well. Yeah, yeah, I know.
1: Um, but... Another ana- like so we're jumping subjects here, but obviously like our brains are scattered. Another analytics gone wrong, and a Joey
2: and Josh gone wrong. Like David Camp's unreal. Yeah. Like he is. He's, he's good. He's, he's, good. He's, he's a really good player. That's, yeah. I feel like that's something that's going to fly under the radar in the greater scheme of things is the fact that how well he elevated his game in the playoffs and how well he played. A- and honestly. I think
1: that's something that the Leafs, I'm sure they do value it. But going forward, there are players whose games translate more when when the, the competition level. I'm not going to say playoffs. The competition level goes up. They go up. There's questions whether our good players do that. I think they probably proved it in this series. But – A guy like David Camp seems like he steps it up against. Yeah. In these moments. Like at the beginning of the year, he didn't. But then as the year went on, they had more and more trust in him. Beginning of the year was weird
0: because he went from like shutting down Logan Couture to then next game getting dominated by like Mark Funk and the the Biz Boys. Also,
1: like, I think looking back, something I realized, to be fair, is when you're in those zone starts, there's games you're just going to get dominated. It's just going to happen. Yeah. That's true, but I, we didn't know what to expect, so that's
0: where it was wishy washy. But exactly. by the end of the year, I, I, I really liked what David Camp brought. I mean, I can understand in Chicago if you're playing with oh, yeah. wingers that are just just don't play defense, your yeah. your de- defensemen are washed up as well. Like that's where the numbers can get kind of ugly because like David Camp on his own is not going to drive the offense. I'd say he frees up the puck well. He positions himself well on top of that he penalty kills. he does a good job on the penalty kill but it's like if you don't have that supporting cast around but it, him but
1: like you said it can't be offensive supporting cast it needs like like pure offensive supporting cast doesn't make You sense. need
0: like you need speed of you need defense. speed and puck efficiency as well i mean shout out like jack han did bring it up why david camp would work in toronto but he
1: he did say that he'd work with nikita gusev
0: yeah no, he said uh, – well, he, he mentioned Kubelik. He worked with Kubelik. Because that was
1: the line he was on to start in Toronto. It was like Gusev oh, really? 7 and someone else. I don't know. Gusev stunk. But, like, <laughs> I, I think his he, he was directionally correct where he needs, like, transition players, but not offensive players. He needed he, – like, it makes sense for him to be on a defensive line. Yeah. I think as your fourth line center, too, in a pure defensive mode where you have three other lines humming, it could be really, really good, too. And that brings me to, like, you, like this is probably the last point I want to make before we start talking post-mortem going forward. This is a reflectionary on the last five. This is going to get deep, okay? The most important player for the Toronto Maple Leafs over the last 10 years is Nazem Kadri. Because you can look at that first suspension he had against Boston as, like, an inflection point for this core. Because... That basically changed everything. Mm-hmm. They, if he doesn't get suspended, first of all, they probably win one of the two Boston series. Yeah, I would say so. If he doesn't get suspended, they don't trade him. And what's going to go down is one of the worst trades maybe in Leaf history, unfortunately. And I didn't think it was that bad of a trade at the time. I was wrong. It is that bad of a trade. Yeah. And I think that is the... He is like almost the exact missing component to what this team maybe needed to win any of the last three years. I know. It's what just something to think about. And again, it's not about placing blame on a GM or a coach or a player or a Brendan Shanahan or Lou Lamorello or uh Whatever. Larry Tannenbaum, whoever like that happened. And all of those sequence of events just, I'm just, those were massive, massive moments in like mm-hmm. time for the Leafs because I mean, the the Tavares signing made so much sense
2: when you have Kadri as three C. Yeah, yep. That that's what that's what we were talked up to be, right? We were dangerous because we you cannot match up three centermen against us because, what one way or another, you're you're losing yeah. that battle. Like those and are on top of that, guys. they did
0: need to adjust the power play. I don't know who was running the power play at the time. If you remember Kadri's last year, they just kept like they kept putting him in the the center position, and it was just not working at all. Yeah, but with. Uh, Spencer Carberry or as Biexa once called him, the Carbonator. Uh, I think he could uh could have made it. It's work. just
1: something to think about. I don't know. I wanna hear your guys' thoughts on that. That was very like reflective. Well no,
2: that, that almost segues into the point that I, I was uh I was about to make about like the underrated storylines of the series is that at five on five, who who are the heroes for Tampa?
1: No, that's it I was gonna say that too.
2: It was Hagel and Paul. Those guys had four points each at 5-on-5. The big guys
1: guys for Tampa, in my opinion, were were pretty unimpressive at 5-on-5.
2: They were. Kucherov had three points at 5-on-5. He had eight points in the series. He had five power play points. he played in Toronto... He'd get the back, way he oh did, my oh my! He get the Nylander.
1: Oh they hate him like Nylander treatment for well, how plays him. I mean, he's got two cups. I, I'm so. just <laughs> saying, just in the, yes, you're right. He also has a heart trophy. Like he's an unreal player, but the, he was lazy as heck in this series. Like, yeah, he wasn't great. And I mean, shout out Frankie Corrado. What did he say? His
0: his hot take of the series was. Um, he said Leafs and six, which, I mean, obviously all of us said Leafs, but he said Nikita Kucherov goes cold. And, I mean,
1: five five, He's partially correct. Did. I he mean, did.
0: three points, one primary point at five on five in that series? That's not bad.
1: Yeah. And, honestly, but, like, Steven Stamkos, lot of respect for him as a player. I think he's probably going to be, like, a Hall of Fame player. Mm-hmm. Other than two, I don't want to call him seeing-eye shots, but, like, two low-danger shots that go in for him, he did absolutely nothing in this series. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you are correct. Yeah. And and that that gets me into my next point about the Leafs is that like our guys did show up at 5 on 5. Our guys did play well at 5 on 5, but the guys who didn't were like McKayev had 4 points, but two of them were empty net goals, right? Uh Engvall had 3 points, two of them assisted on the empty net goals, right? So that take that away, that's only two points and one point and one, two points for Mcayev, one point for Engval uh, Kerfoot only, only had one point at 5 on 5, no goals, right? We got, to, we got to find a, a better way to supplement this group, I think, because I don't think they were good enough this year. I know we were talking about it earlier in this year that we thought we played well, and they did, right? The first four games, I thought our depth was playing well, but in the last three, it feels like we went cold at the worst time possible, those guys.
0: I'm, I'm stat surfing here on my own. Hmm. Sorry. No, no um, I wanted to, because you guys mentioned Kitu Kucherov went cold, and I'm like, okay, like who kind of put him up to that? Like, um, he played, so here it is, so... With Austin Matthews on the ice with Nikita Kucherov, 27 minutes, 16 seconds of five-on-five play. The expected goals, and I lost it. Here we are. Expected goals for in that time, 0.31. Expected goals against, 1.86. Yeah, that line. Expected goals for with, 14.10%. Kucherov expected goals without Matthews on the ice is 59.15. They
1: absolutely, but... John Cooper was trying as hard as he can to, get, the to get them not never to touch at home. They never touched the Matthews yeah. line. It was Point and Sorelli. They never like that's smart too. That's good. He's a great coach. He's one of the best. He's the best. Sorry, he is the best coach.
0: I mean, yeah. There's no other way to put it. Like he's he's on another level of smarts. And I mean,
1: yeah, it'll be interesting to see where Barry Trotz goes. That's another. Yeah, maybe something to talk about next episode. Ooh,
0: all right, all right. Any other uh, notable performances from the series concerning things? I don't know. Maple Leaf-like comments. It it just sucks. It, sucked, it yeah, sucks. It's,
1: it, it, I don't know if it's more painful than Montreal. It, for me, it's a little less because I looked at that. I was like, using some perspective, like yeah. if it, you weren't a Leafs fan, let's say you're just a, a casual gambler, for example, and you're watching this series, like you'd say, yeah, that was like a bounce away from being the Leafs easily. And you'd probably, if you were betting the every game, you'd be like, oh, I, I probably deserve to get more if I was betting on the Leafs because I think, you know, for most of the time, they're probably slightly the better team. But that happens in hockey. And, and the unfortunate thing is if this was the first time the Leafs lost in the first round and it was to Tampa, there would be a lot of optimism. It's like the millionth. So <laughs> there's no chances. And we'll talk about that yeah. next episode.
0: I feel like last year it was a lot more frustration, but there was a clear direction because it was like, okay, this guy didn't step up in this time. You can easily just say, like, okay, run this back. I highly doubt he's, like, Mitch Marner's going to fold or crumble under the pressure like that again. And then on top of that, you had the fans back. There were some, you know, there were some things you didn't want to see again. I mean, like, this series, I'm just so lost in terms of direction, in terms of just anything, like, what to think, because it's like the Leafs played very well. They got matched up against the two time Stanley Cup champions in the first round. We saw some good games. We saw some bad games, and then in the crunch time, where everyone expects the Leafs to choke, they played well
2: and just. Sometimes you get you beat. You didn't get Sometimes, the bounces. Yeah. Sometimes you just get beat. Um, and uh, one more thing I want to touch on before we transition is just our our power play was great through throughout the year it needed to be better in the it wasn't playoffs, good. honestly it, it wasn't, wasn't good better. we yeah, scored th- that... we had three power play goals in the playoffs i think that, I, it correct
0: me good. if i'm wrong the leafs were down one they were able to get a power play and it was a very ugly yeah
2: it wasn't looking uh, good there hey.
0: was one power play in, in a critical time that they got and it didn't look good at all i hate I to cri- i hate one.
1: to criticize this guy because i think he had a pretty solid series this is one of the reasons why we said you know morgan riley may not be worth that because i wouldn't be surprised if they go with someone else on on the power play next year they, i thought I thought in in this series he was not Erasmus Bambine. I thought they should have gone to Geo at the yeah. you said that,
2: actually. yeah, like they and i i i really I really didn't get that where it's a, a game five, Geo gets you an assist on the power play, creates a goal, and next game you just bring back riley I just didn't I did it's not funny I did not for the life of me understand that it's like I think Keith, after the game said that there was more shooting lanes, and so he wanted Giordano in, so then. If you think that Giordano can get it through in shooting lanes, why? What's the point of Riley? Uh, like, no, no, on the playoff, or mm-hmm. on the, excuse me, on the power play, right? There's, there's really no point to him because I'm sure, like, he's not the, the, he's a good creator. He can pass, but he's not prolific in his creating creation, right? Like he, he's probably a, a good above average in, in uh, passing and creating mm-hmm. scoring chances, but with those guys, you don't need to. What you need is a shot threat there so that they're they're. Penalty killers have a harder time defending the flanks. That's what you need. It also seemed like their adju- adjustment was like Melander to the flank and
1: Marner to the bumper or low mm-hmm. position. I, I didn't think that. I didn't think that worked That's at all. Yeah. No. And the other thing, it just felt like they weren't doing a good enough job prioritizing getting Matthews the puck on the power play, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. the last two games. I really felt like he didn't have enough enough chances in good areas, and that that may be where. Why don't you try Matthews in the bumper then? Maybe Marner and Nylander just has to switch it up mm-hmm. on the flanks and put Matthews in the bumper. But
0: yeah, yeah. I mean that that would that would make sense, right? Let's get into some DMs. Um, we got a few here. Liam Higgins, frequenter of the show, said at at this point it's just a tradition. Looking forward to being let down next year. Yep.
1: Yeah, it sucks. Uh, He's right though. It, it's it, that's how we all feel. And shout out Liam for all the continued interaction. We appreciate it.
0: Yep. Stu said, uh, how are you feeling honestly? I said, I want to die. And he said, tell me about it. Tough. Uh, Let's see. Maxwell Hunt, he said, well, that was a typical Leafs game seven. Be the better team for the majority of the game and have some random guy have the game of his life to win the game and face controversy from the refs. But, hey, we'll get them next year, right? The sick effing joke has to end at some point. Ah. yeah,
1: you'd, you'd hope the sick effing joke has to end up. I
0: mean, he, he is right. Like Nick Paul, like I did pump his tires in previous episodes, but like that's still like a third line guy. Yeah, yeah. it's like that would second, be like second line 10 guy
1: or camp scoring two and winning a game seven for us. Yeah, like like that's unfathomable in my brain. Like I can't <laughs> even think about that.
0: Ah uh, man, All right. Uh Tevi Mendel said, um. Uh, how the F is there not one mention of the refs in the post-game interviews? said, I've been an every-single-period guy for the last 15 years, and I might actually be done. I genuinely believe the refs were instructed to make sure the Bolts won. We dominated five of the seven games and have 23 more penalty minutes than Tampa. The high-stick call in game six and the wave-off have me thinking there's no possible ways besides corruption. I mean, Gary Bettman hates Canada, but I don't know if I'd go that far. Uh, Let's get into this voice note. From Christian. And... Got to turn up my volume.
1: rest below this series. Game six should have been Leafs. It, it, whatever. That's in the past. Then they call an interference on Hall when... uh, When fucking... Sorelli skates into him. Just put a monkey on the ice, and they do a better job. Stick ten refs in a room. They don't have to leave the city. They don't have to leave their families. They still keep their jobs. The majority presses a button, and then the call gets made. Like that, it's a fucking playoff game seven. You're gonna call an interference like that?
2: Then they don't call the bunting interference when he trips into the ice and gets blocked at the blue line. This is disgusting. This this NHL's
1: a joke. I'm sorry. Get, uh, fuck. Worst team won. I, I think that's a lot of people on. feel that way. That's funny.
0: Yeah. We got one more. Roman said Hole and Campbell gotta gotta go. Campbell. Although Campbell did a hell of a job, the Hobie Baker goalies playing Got to play next season. Oh, that's that's some issues with that one. one. Same with the Finnish kids. I don't know if uh, they can't play either. Mm. I don't know if any of this is going to happen. But serious changes need to be made. A very good team like this should get it done. That 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 last sent. A very good team like this should get it done.
1: I also I have I have one. uh, Go Go ahead. Sorry. Let me. me, No, I was going to say. Just let me comment on this first.
0: Um, So, like, Campbell, yes, did a hell of a job. The Hobie Baker goaltender, though, you also got to think like he's twenty-five playing in college. 25 years old, and he's signed to the Marlies. Exactly. He's going to play in the AHL. He can't. Next yeah. Year. He's playing the ECHL to start. Yeah. They've got another Hobie Baker caliber goaltender down there, Keith Petruzzili, who's signed to another year with I, the Marlies. Actually, I
1: bet that guy will play mostly for the Marlies next year. Petruzzili? No. Uh, the Hobie Baker guy. Yeah, probably. I mean, Just because of like what we've seen with you Nick Abrazzese. Remember yeah. Nick Abrazzese, by the way? Right. Oh, what so we so. saw with him?
0: Uh, yeah. You don't.
1: Sign the Hobie Baker winner goal yeah, put in to the, put him in but the But you're e. right, they, have they a got of, a good DCHL team. But you know it's what? It, like, you make what you're saying is right, they got to figure out their goalie mix though. Behind if it's Jack Campbell, Jack Campbell next year. Yeah,
0: Wool is signed to another year. Ian Scott's always injured, so God knows what happens with him. Hutchinson, I believe, will be gone. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Like that was it was a weird one. Um, the Finnish kids are. Have been signed to a future ELC, which like they still have another year on their finished contract, so they when will you be say back. Finish in Finished kids, are you talking? So about I'm talking about Topi Nimalen, not and close Rony to Herbin. playing for the
1: Leafs. Not close to. No, they're for not. The Leafs. But they how about good. let's get Timothy Lilgren playing? How about for the Leafs? Nick, how, how about Nick? How about, Roberts Nick Roberts how about these guys? Like, yeah, your guy. What about let's give Alex Steve's a shot? Yeah,
0: Pontus Holmberg. He he, he's a decent player. I think uh, he'll make way. some noise with uh, the with the Marlies next year. We'll see. We got some. We got some good young talent. Matthew
1: Nyes. Nice. How about that? Oh guy?
0: yeah. Oh yeah. I remember him? Well, he said no. Oh, yeah. He said no. He's like, I want to. <laughs>
1: That's probably the exact guy they would need on a in a bottom six right now. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Maybe end of next year. Um, I had one from Dimitri. Yep. He said he's a he was a bag on Mitch Marner for the last year to me like all the time, and he said I will never say another bad thing about Mitch <laughs> Marner. He did everything right. He helped. He like he said, and then he said. He outplayed everyone. I'll never say a bad thing about him again. And he's, and then he went on to say, I thought we played our hearts out. It's disappointing. That's a 2-2 game, maybe even 2-1, if not for that call against Tavares. He's just insinuating the Leafs had the momentum. There. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Shout out Dimitri. Thanks, buddy.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. Thank you, everyone, for messaging in voice notes and everything. Oh,
1: that was loud. And thanks for listening. I hope it sucks. I would, it it, again, it's fun. It's fun to watch the playoffs when the Leafs are in. I think a a lot of people have said this to me as well. Like watching the NHL playoffs are a lot of fun, but it's hard to go and watch on when the Leafs lose like this every year. It's difficult and it sucks. So
0: we're going to continue podcasting. If you have anything else you'd like us to discuss, send us a message. Uh, be happy to entertain anything because, uh, Oh, well, this guy Roman just changed his profile picture. He edited—it's a picture of him with a Leafs jersey, and he edited it to put the Stars logo over. <laughs> I like that. That's why <laughs> <funny. laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, we're we're open to anything. As the Toronto Maple Leafs are, we'll be golfing. Um, yeah, we can do an investigative series to find out where all of them golf. <laughs> yeah, got some time on our hands. We do. <laughs> uh, anything else you guys wanted to talk about for this episode?
2: Uh, I just wanted to say that I thought this group that this year was great. They played well, and I, I think that major change is not necessary. I know it feels like it after every— every. It's just
0: so tough to hear, though.
2: I know, right? But like, I really think this, this group is the good mix. Whoever—, whoever Yeah. Uh,
0: Off-the-cuff keep... hot take to close her out. Do you think the Leafs make a selection with their first-round pick at the draft or use it
1: as a trade? Depends who the GM is.
0: Oh, at the draft, at the time of
2: the draft. Yeah, I mean, I I think so. Wow. All right. And if there if there's news on that, do we get it before the playoffs ends, or? Probably interesting.
0: There's not enough time between draft, like end of season and draft, where it's like, hey, brand new GM, make some picks.
1: (laughs) I think maybe we'll get some coaching news mid next week. That's that's like in my brain what I think, and that doesn't mean he's fired. It may be extension or not. He already got extended. Yeah, but extended he, yeah. He's coming back.
0: Yeah. We committed to him, but anyways, any last closing thoughts?
2: Let's All run right.
1: it back next year. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening.
2: Go Leafs go. The rink rat report podcast is also brought to you by season two of the Lockerage. garage. Host Marco Shara, a Toronto criminal defense lawyer interviews various criminal lawyers about the practice of criminal defense, gets them to share their war stories and helpful tips for up-and-coming lawyers interested in the area of law. Out now on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Step into the garage, listen to the experts, and get a tune-up. The Rink Rat Report podcast is brought to you by Betstamp, the ultimate sports betting companion app. Track, follow, and analyze your bets across multiple sportsbooks. And while you're there, check out the world's first verified buy-and-sell marketplace for sports betting picks. Download the app today.